This morning, I want to talk to you about movement. How many of you guys life, you know, sometimes it's just difficult some traction. Anybody ever feel like that? You feel like, man, I want to move forward down the road. I see the future. I know where my destiny lies. I see my purpose, but I'm just having a hard time getting there. Anybody ever know what I'm talking about? You see the path. You see the destination. You see where you want to be, but you're getting some movement. And the truth is, um, over the past three years, we celebrated our last uh, week. But we're in a season, a new this or not, or if you really, over the past few, uh, they're going to work on my mic, they're going to fix it in a second, I know it's going in and out and I sound like crazy man, but anyway, it's working. Um, but over the past few weeks, um, I've really spent some intentional time with Jesus. And, and that's not to say that I don't spend time with Jesus, but over the past few weeks, I've really taken a good hard look at my life and I'm going, God, I want to hear you clearer. I, I don't want things in my life to distract me. How many know sometimes life is just really good at distracting you and, and pulling you away from your purpose? You know, you, you say that you're just going to dive into Facebook or you say it's just going to be one show and then like five hours later, you, you've, been, you've been binging on Netflix and you've been five hours into Facebook and you don't know what in the world you've done with your time and you're trying to figure out where in the world is all my time going. And so over the past few weeks, my wife and I and my kids have tried to be really intentional. And this is not to say that we're like super spiritual because to be honest with you, it's been difficult. But over the past few weeks, we've just cut out technology. We've cut out some different distractions. And here's the crazy thing. Um, I have heard Jesus more clear than I've ever heard him in my life. Because um, we're in a very pivotal time as this church. Like, God, we, we want to move the ball down the field. We need to make some movement. We want to move forward. We're at a pivotal time in our lives. Personally, a lot of things going on. And the truth is, um, unless God gives me a word, unless God speaks to me, I oh, mean, my back's up against the wall and I don't know what I'm going to do. And the truth is, I want to speak this to you this morning, um, God really gave me this message over this past weekend. We were at a pastor's gathering, and um, it was a bunch of pastors from all of our churches. We, we come together once a year from all, all the OSC family, and there's a bunch of other sister churches that we partner with. And uh, so it's about 20, 23 churches come together, and we, we gather once a year out in New Orleans, and we worship. And there's this moment where we're in the middle of worship, and, and the guy gets on, one of our pastors, he gets on, and he says, man, I just want you guys, you know, just lift your hands and just ask God to speak to you. Just ask God for a word. And um, I, I can't honestly say that I've ever audibly heard the voice of God. Maybe you're more holy than I am, and you have, but I never have. I've never heard, like, Zach. That's just never happened to me. But um, I, I'm standing in worship, and, I, it, and there was nothing like super spiritual that went on. The guy says, man, if you want to hear a word from, if you need a word from God, just ask him. And I just simply lift up my hands and I hear God just clearly drop something into my spirit. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like this, I need to, I need to take note of this. And so I quickly pull out my phone and I probably wrote this message in about 15 minutes. And I really feel like it was not only a word for me, but I feel like it was a word for this church. And the word that God gave me was simply move, was move. And at first I didn't, I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know how to digest it. I'm like, that's great. I need a word from God. And all he gave me was move. Like, what is it like move out of my house? Like, what, 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 what do you want me to do with that? And over the past few hours, I start to begin to reflect on it. I start to think about it. And I begin to realize something. And God begins to put these scenarios. And he starts bringing these scriptures to me. And all of a sudden, it starts making sense. 
But before I dive into any of that, I want to tell you this morning that for some of you, for many of you, to get to the place that you want to be at in life, to discover your purpose, to discover whatever your destiny is, or whatever you feel like, what is my purpose here on this earth? Why has God placed me here? Some of you are going to have to move from the very place that you're at now if you want to get to your destiny. And here's what I mean by this. Movement requires you being uncomfortable. It requires you being uncomfortable. If you want to get further down the road, it means that you have to decide in this very moment to say, you know what, I can't stay here any longer and I've got to move forward. But oftentimes the reason that we don't move forward in our life is because it's uncomfortable. How many of you just don't like change? You don't like change. You're like, how many of you guys, like you have every single thing in your house, right? Your workplace, you know where, like it may not be organized, but you know it has a place. Anybody know? And and if somebody moves it, you're like, where did you put my stuff? (laughs) And you're like, it's not organized. You're like, no, but in my brain, it is organized. Um, my wife's purse is kind of like that. She's like, can you dive in there? and gra-? I'm like, no, it's like wa- reaching my hand into a black hole. It'll never come out. Um, she's like, well, I know where it is. I have little piles in my purse all over the place. But the truth is, if we genuinely want to get to a place where we know that God is calling us, I just want to say this up front, it's going to take us getting uncomfortable. If you want to be further down the road in your relationship with Jesus, you're never going to just arrive there. And I think a lot of times as Christians, we subscribe to the fact is, oh, I'm just going to come to church. I'm just going to, you know, lift my hands and worship, and I'm just going to read my Bible, and hopefully I'll just arrive at the place where God is calling me to be. But the truth is, if you want forward movement, if you want to get down the road, it is going to take you getting uncomfortable. If you want clarity, if you want joy, if you want peace of mind, I believe that God today is calling us to move. And here's what he's saying to all of us, including myself. You can't stay at the place that you're currently at right now. You cannot stay at the place that you're currently at right now. You can't stay at the place that you're currently at right now spiritually. If you want more of Jesus, you have to decide today, right now, to say, hey, I'm going to move down the road. I don't want to stay here any longer. I don't want to stay at the current spot that I'm at. I want to move forward down the road. And for me to do that, it's going to cause me to put on my running shoes and start a journey. But to illustrate this, how many of you have ever walked into a pitch black room or maybe you wake up in the middle of the night, you have to go pee and you can't see anything? <laughs> anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? How many of you got the scars on your toes to prove it? <laughs> right? Um, well, I often, I, I, I explain it like this all the time, and anybody who has traveled with me will know this to be true, but I have the bladder the size of a gnat, and it's not, it, it is the truth. Like, I pee like every three hours, and I, I remember flying with a few different guys. I've flown, to, flown with Chuck to England, another guy who's in our church, and I remember looking at them. They're sitting there for like 12 hours on a plane. I'm like, dude, are you a camel? Do you just hold water? Like, do you ever go to the bathroom? And I'm getting up, up and down. But this happens throughout the night oftentimes. And when we do this, what do we often look for in the middle of the night? We, we grab our phones and we turn that flashlight on, right? We, we grab our phones and we turn the flashlight on. And, and that light kind of exposes a path to the toilet or it exposes a path to where we want to go. And when we shine that light in that darkness, we're very meticulous to follow that path. Because if we venture outside of the light, we don't know what is beyond there. It might be a child's toy. It might be a Lego that you step on. It might be a truck that you trip over. But you are very meticulous. When you shine that light, you walk forward. You keep moving in the path of that light. And the truth is your movement 
today is going to be restricted by that light. And what I mean by that, there is a passage in Psalms 119, 105, and it says this, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. A lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Let me tell you why some of you guys cannot get forward movement. Why you feel like you can't get traction. Why you feel like you're just stuck in this hamster wheel and life is just spinning in circles and you feel like you can't get down the road even though you see it. The truth is it's so hard for us to get down the road when we don't have a word from God. I've learned this over the past few weeks. I have so many major decisions in my life that if I do it on my own and in my own strength and in my own wisdom, I am bound to make some stupid decisions. I've come to a place in my own life where I've arrived at this place where I'm like, man, if God doesn't speak to me, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I genuinely need a word from the Lord because I, I can go like 10 different ways right now. I can take this option, I can take this door, I can take this door, and I feel like there's 10 different doors that I could walk through. But the truth is, I don't want to do it on my own strength. I want God to be able to guide me and say, hey, take door number one. But oftentimes in our own life, we feel like this. We feel like, you know what, I got 10 different doors and I'm just going to take a chance. I'll try this one. Nope, wrong one. And we back out and we go through this one and it becomes this cycle. Rather than us hearing from God, getting a download from Jesus. How many of you know you need a download from Jesus rather than a quick answer from Google? See, we we live in, in a society now where we want quick answers and we don't want to hear from God. We want to go to Facebook and, hey, what do you guys think about this? And based on the, 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 the poll and the totals of people's opinions, you, you make your decision based on that. But we're living today in a society, rather than getting a word from God, getting a download from God, we're just looking for quick answers because we hate waiting. How many of you hate waiting? How many hate waiting? And I hate waiting in line. I hate being, like, patience is not a virtue of mine. <laughs> My wife reminds me, like, baby, it's okay. Like, every, you're going to get through the traffic light. I'm like, but I need to get through first. <laughs> I've got places to go, things to do. I don't like being patient. I want quick answers. But let me be clear about something. Healthy movement, the movement that we need, is going to come from a word from God. See, this might sound a little old school, It might sound like something that maybe you haven't heard in a church for a while, but the truth is, for many of us in here, for you to get to the next place in your life, if you want to move up a level in your walk with Jesus, it's going to just require us taking it up a notch spiritually. Like some of us need to go back to the basics and just simply go, man, I need to learn to pray. I need to learn to read my Bible. I need to learn to get in community. I need to learn to sit and waiting and being uncomfortable and waiting and saying, God, I need a word from you and I'm not leaving this place until I get one. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm an extremist. How many of you, like if you do something, you go for it like all the way. It, but, it, but if you don't do it, like you, like you don't do it at all. <laughs> You're not, like you don't do things halfway. So for me, I'm an, I'm an extremist. So when, I, when I've got things that are distracting me from my walk with Jesus, like I have to take extreme measures to get back on the right track. So for me, what do I do? I, man, I've got to take the TV out of my living room. I've got to delete apps on my phone. I've got to simple my phone down. Instead of it being a smartphone, it becomes a dumb phone. Like I've got to do those things because I'm an extremist. Because if I, if I give myself just a little bit of room, oh, I'll keep that app on there and I'll keep it on the third page and I'm not going to visit it. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to visit it, <laughs> Right? I'm going to just unplug the TV. Well, I'm just going to plug the TV right back in. 
So I've got to take some extreme measures to make some forward movement. And I would bet that there's many of you in here that have got to do the same. You've been telling yourself for a long time, man, I want to increase my devotion. I want to increase my prayer life. I don't want to increase my walk with Jesus. Maybe you're here at church today and you're saying, man, you're here for the first time and saying, man, I just want to grow in my relationship with Jesus. I have one question for you. Are you willing to do what is necessary to get to that step? See, all of us want forward movement, but most of us are just not willing to put in the work to get there. We all want forward movement. We all want to get down the road. We all see what it could be like further down the road. But when it comes time for us to actually make that decision, we're going, that's too much work. But the truth is, when we don't have a word from God, it kind of looks something like this. How many of you ever walked into a pitch black room without a flashlight? How many of you have the scars to prove it? <laughs> the, the other night, this is not a joke. I've got, I'm actually going to the doctor um, next week. I, was th- I woke up in the middle of the night. I'm looking, and at, at my toilet is kind of like in this, uh, in our bathroom. It's kind of like hidden back in this little kind of uh, cave kind of thing. And um, I'm walking, I'm looking, I don't have a phone, it's pitch black, and I'm feeling, and you know, you kind of get a feel for your house, so you have this path. And uh, so I'm walking, and I guess Peter or somebody, one of my kids was in my bathroom a few hours before we had went to bed, and they put this like Hot Wheel truck on the floor. How many of you know what I'm talking about if you were a parent? So I'm walking in this bathroom, I step on this truck, and I lift my hands up to go, ah! And when I lift my hand up, I smack my elbow on the corner of this wall. And this was about three weeks ago. And like, I still cannot put pressure on my elbow. I come to find out I have like a little fracture on my elbow from smacking my elbow on this wall. But here, why do I say that? I illustrate it this way because that's how a lot of us look in life. Man, we're, we're like, I'm just going to feel around in the darkness and hopefully I'll find some answers. Hopefully, I don't need a plan. I don't need a word from God. Eventually, I'll figure this out. And we're feeling around in the dark. And then we realize, man, life has the ability. If we don't have a word from the Lord, it has the ability to just beat us up. Because we take all the wrong, we take all the wrong directions. We make all the wrong decisions. But it's amazing what happens if you're in this pitch dark room and all of a sudden you flip the light switch on. As soon as that light switch goes on, what do you see? Man, you see the corner of the wall surprisingly. (laughs) You see the corner of the wall. You see the hot wheel on the floor. You see the landmines that your kids have left for you to step on. You begin to see them all. And this is how we have to think in life. If we're not thinking this way in life, it's like us just walking into this pitch black room and we're navigating in this room, trying to figure it out on our own. And God is saying, man, if you could just get a word from me, it'd be like the light switch flipping on. If you could spend some time with me, some quality time with me, it'd be like the light switch just simply flipping on. So here's a question that I want to pose to you today. Are you making progress in your movement or are you creating insanity? Are you making progress or are you creating insanity? And insanity is this, like you just constantly going around in circles, looking for the toilet, looking for the light switch when you simply just could flip on the light and you can make simple forward movement to get there. But oftentimes in life, because we're prideful, because we're stubborn, we're like, no, I got this. I got this. I can't tell you how many times I've walked into dark rooms and was like, I know this house. Bam! Oh my God! Right? It's, it's just the pride of man that keeps us walking in this 
darkness. So what I want to talk about is two different types of movement. The first one that I want to talk about is insane movement. Insane movement. This is wandering in circles in the dark, thinking you will eventually reach your destination. This is you in the pitch black room saying to yourself, I'll eventually find it. This was the children of Israel in the desert for 40 years. They were in the desert for 40 years, what was only a journey that actually took about 10 days to get there if they would have just took a straight path. Imagine that for a moment. An 11-day journey turns into 40 years. An 11-day journey turns into 40 years. How many things in your life could go by so quickly if you just got a word from the Lord? How many of, our, of us are just like that person circling in the darkness, making insane movement? We're making movement, but we're not making any progress. We're not getting anywhere. And a season that can be a month turns into five years. Man, a relationship that devastated you rather than you being able to heal up and move on and get into healthy community, it takes you 10 years to date anybody else because of the fact that you're so torn up by what just happened to you, you can't get over it. You see how the enemy uses this, how this happens? A one-month journey, a two-month journey turns into 10 years, 20 years, and we begin to make insane movement. We feel like we're moving, but we're not really getting anywhere. This is the type of movement that leaves you exhausted, but you're just completely unfulfilled. You're working, you're striving, you're doing stuff, but eventually you feel insane. You're moving, but you're not reaching your desired destination. So let me explain it to you this way. Um, Solomon explains it it, super well in Ecclesiastes chapter 2. And just a reminder, if um, I didn't say this in the beginning, but every Sunday we're live on the YouVersion Bible app. So it has all of our notes, all the scriptures there. You can, um, if you don't have that, you can download it and follow us on there. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 1 through 11. And uh, I think this perfectly explains what Solomon's talking about. He says this, he said, in my heart, Come now, I will test you with pleasure. He said, enjoy yourself. But behold, this was also vanity. I said of laughter, it was mad and of pleasure. What use is it? He says, I searched my heart, had to cheer my body with wine, my heart still guiding me with wisdom, and how to lay hold on my folly till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few hours of their life. So watch this. He said, I made great works. I built houses. I planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forests of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves. I had slaves who were born in my house. I also had great possessions and herds and flocks, more than any who had ever been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. So he says, so I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me, and whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all of my toil. And this was my reward for all my toil. Now watch this, verse 11. Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil, and I had expended in doing it. And behold, all was vanity and striving after the wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. So so let me explain what he's saying. So he says, listen, I'm going to go into a season of my life where he's going, I'm not fulfilled right now. I don't feel the sense of fulfillment. I don't feel like I'm getting traction. I don't feel like I'm making forward movement. I don't feel like me and God are connected. So here's what I'm going to do. 
I'm going to allow myself every single pleasure. So he said, man, I, I take on concubines and just be a modern day form of prostitution. So he takes in all these women. It says he builds houses. He plants vineyards. He throws these parties. In the New Testament, you'll see that Solomon threw such big parties that thousands of people would come just to feed everyone. They would slaughter an entire herd of cattle. How many you know that's a lot of meat? They would drain vineyards. They would sit around for months, just drink wine, get drunk, eat meat, have women around. And it seems in the eyes of the world that this was the most ideal situation possible, that this would bring you all the pleasure that you could ever desire. And he says, I do all these things. So here's what he's saying. I'm making all this movement. I'm striving. I'm working. I'm I'm planting things. I'm building things. But then he looks at it all in the end and he says, but I'm unfulfilled. The movement I'm making is pretty insane. The movement I'm making, it's a thought that it would bring me happiness and pleasure, but in the end, it brings me not what my heart desired. I don't feel any movement. I don't feel like I'm progressing. I don't feel like I'm moving forward. I'm not finding any joy. Let me give it to you in another illustration. How many of you have ever been so exhausted from life, you feel like the only logical thing to do at night is just to drink a little bit too much NyQuil. Don't lie. Don't lie. Just throw your hand up. How many of you have ever done it? We got, this church is full of liars. <laughs> People are like, no, I've never done that. Yeah, right. Benadryl. <laughs> We've all done it, right? So you're like, man, I've just had a long week. The bottle says, I don't know how many, (laughs) I'm not going to measure it, (laughs) right? Now, Now, let me ask you something. When you do this, when you do this, what happens? Well, two things happen. You actually get the result that you wanted. You sleep. So maybe you've had a stressful week, so you drink a little bit too much NyQuil. What do you do? You get a result that you ended up wanting. You fall asleep. Now, let me ask you a question. When you wake up in the morning, did it take all your problems away? No, what do you do? You find yourself right back at the same spot. Well, I'm still stressed out, so what do you have to do? You have to drink more NyQuil to fall asleep, right? And the next morning, you probably feel so hungover because you drank a little bit too much NyQuil. I've just heard. I've never experienced this. (laughs) Some of you are like, he is a pastor? What in the world? But, But what happens in this moment? You get a desired effect the temporal effect, but it does not satisfy the soul. So you get the immediate effect of, I just need to fall asleep, but you still wake up exhausted. This is insane movement. This is the movement where we feel like I'm working, I'm toiling, I'm doing all these things. It's just like Solomon. I'm doing all these things, I'm spinning my wheels, but Solomon is saying, but I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not really doing anything that is making my life full. So if you drink too much NyQuil, it's just like Ecclesiastes 2, verse 11. It says, then I considered that all my hands had done, all the toil that I expended in doing it, and behold, all was vanity and striving after the wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. What is Solomon saying? He's saying, man, God's word is not being a light to my path. I'm doing everything that I think that I need to please my heart, but in the end, it's not giving me what I really need. He doesn't have a word from the Lord, so what does he do? He just takes matters into his own hands, and he says, you know what? I'm just going to give my heart everything that it desires, and maybe I'll be happy. 
The truth is we've all been there. All of us, we've all been there at a point where we're like, I don't want to wait on God anymore to give me the joy that I'm longing for. I'm just going to go find it myself. The truth is, at the end of the day, this is insanity. This is the movement that exhausts us, but it does not fulfill us. It exhausts us, but it does not fulfill us. Let me give you another example. How many married men do we have in here? Show of hands. How many married men? Okay, men, so you'll relate with me on this. How many of you have ever wanted to make a move on your wife and hopes that it would end in a romantic night? Don't lie. How many of you ever done it? Okay. And so maybe you have this whole day planned out, right? You have this whole day planned out. You send this romantic text in the morning. You're like, man, things are going awesome. So you send this text, and then what do you do? Maybe at lunch you have some flowers delivered, and then you have a card, and maybe you send texts throughout the day, and you're like, man, this is going great. And then that night you have this amazing date planned. You go out, you have a good dinner, you have good conversation, but then you get in the car and you say something stupid, and the whole drive back is an argument, and it ruins everything. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're like, all the planning, everything that I have worked for today, gone, gone. See, yet again, this is the movement that Solomon is talking about. Man, he's saying, I'm putting in all this effort only to stare at myself in the mirror and realize that all of my effort, all of my toil, all of my drive, all of my hard work was for nothing if I didn't have a word from the Lord. Because the truth is, I'm making movement, but I'm making movement in all the wrong directions. I might be spinning my wheels, but I'm like a hamster running on a wheel. I'm not going anywhere. So temporary relief can make us feel like we're making progress, but in the end, you just need more NyQuil. (laughs) Temporary relief can make us feel good for a moment. Oh, I get some sleep, but then you wake up in the morning and go, oh, shoot, I have to do this all over again. And see, the goal that I want to get us at as a church today is that we can start making forward movement where we, when, when we work and when we strive and when we toil, we feel the satisfaction at the end that God is pleased. And when we wake up in the morning, we feel like we're making progress. We feel like what we're doing matters. This is why church and community is so important because when you attach yourself to a place like this, you're a part of something that goes well beyond you. It's why it's so important to be a part of something that has eternal value because you're making a difference that is going to make an eternal impact on people's lives and there's nothing more fulfilling than that. You know, over the past month, we've been in this vision series. We've been casting vision for our church. But the truth is we'll never make it to the next step. We'll never make it to the next step as a church unless we're willing to make the move spiritually to where we need to be. You know what I love about this church? We have so many young Christians here. We have so many people that are coming in from just a non-church background, and I love it. But for some of you, I'm, just, I'm here to call you out today that God is calling us to move forward in our relationship with Jesus. We can't just state that, oh, God loves me, and God accepts me for who I am, and God just gives me grace. God wants you to move And he does all those things, but he's saying, man, I have so much more for you than just staying here. I want to move you down the road. So the second type of movement that I want to talk about is forward movement. This is Psalms 119, 105. This is, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. See, forward movement only happens when we are reliant on a word from Jesus. 
truth is, do you want to know what your purpose is? Do you want to know why you are here on this earth? The only way that you will ever discover that is if you beg and plead from the Lord to get a word from God. God, why am I here? Why am I here? And here's the reason that many of us have a hard time following Jesus, and we have a hard time being patient to get a word from the Lord. And let me break this scripture down. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So what does that mean? That you only take steps. It's only a light to your feet. It doesn't shine light to the entire room. God doesn't reveal your entire destiny in one moment. It's not like a light switch. It's like a lamp. And every single forward traction, every movement that you make, it's like like riding a bicycle. You trust Jesus, God comes through. You trust Jesus, God comes through. And this is how your faith increases. See, if God gave you the entire plan, you would get lazy. But he can't. So it's like riding a bicycle. You trust me, I'll increase your faith. You trust me, I'll increase your faith. You trust me, I'll follow through. You take a step, I'll follow through. Some of us are just sitting back and going, God, I'm just waiting on you. And God's saying, no, I'm waiting on you to make a step. I'm waiting on you to trust me. I'm waiting on you to trust me to, do you really believe who I am? Do you really believe in what I say? Do you really believe that I'm a God that can move mountains even when it feels like you're up against a roadblock and you don't know what you're going to do? It's like riding a bicycle one pedal at a time. See, you've got to move in our prayer life. We've got to move in our devotion. You know, to be honest with you, the saddest thing that we have today in the church world is we are full of a bunch of people that don't know how to read this. We don't know how to read this. I, I find it crazy that so many people follow a God who they don't really even know. They follow a God and they don't really even know what he believes. They don't even know um, what the promises that he has spoken over their life. We follow a God so blindly. And truth is, it's beautiful. There's an aspect of faith to that, but there are so many answers that you can find here in this book. So we've got to move to a place where we say, God, you know what? I'm willing to get uncomfortable for a season. I'm willing to cut some things out of my life so, man, I can just hear from you. And because life has the ability just to muddle things up a little bit. Anybody like, anybody just, you enjoy good music? Anybody in here? I enjoy good music and it's the reason that I always invest money on good headphones. (laughs) Always have. My wife would be like, how much were those? I was like, just turn your back, don't ask. (laughs) I'm kidding, I don't do that. Um, So, but I invest my money on good headphones. Why? Because I love music and I want there to be a clarity to it. Because I know the bass line, I know the guitar line, I know the drum track, and I want to hear it all. I want to hear the bass pumping. I want to hear the, the cleanness of the electric coming through the system. It drives me nuts when I put on just a cheap pair of headphones and you can't hear the bass and it just sounds so trebly and it's, it's horrible and it doesn't sound good. See, the truth is, that's how many of us have gotten in life. We just become comfortable with walking through the Christianity, walking through our faith with it kind of just being muddled a little bit. I can't hear it all that well, but nah, oh well. And we just get used to that. And we get used to just coming in church and, and getting a word. Hopefully, man, the, the pastor better have a word today because I really need a word. You know what the truth is? The most beautiful thing about you having your own personal relationship with Jesus is you can get a word on your own. 
man, you have the same access to Jesus that I do. I didn't get like the title pastor and all of a sudden like he gave me like, hey, this is a special key. (laughs) I I have down weeks like you do. I have weeks where it's difficult to read my Bible. I have weeks where it's difficult to pursue Jesus and to hear from God. But the older that I get, the more that I realize, man, I cannot do this life without a word from God. I cannot do this life with muddled headphones. I need clarity. I need, I need direction. I need a word from the Lord. And I don't want you to miss this. If you choose today to stay where you are, you're choosing insanity. You can't move forward without getting uncomfortable. You can't move forward without getting uncomfortable. And the sad truth is many of us never move forward because we like comfort. William Booth put it this way, and I think it's one of the greatest quotes ever. He said, if you want to change the future, then you've got to trouble the present. If you want to change the future, you've got to trouble the here and now. If you want to move forward to the place that you know that God is calling you to do, you've got to get uncomfortable in your life right now. And you can't, you have to stop making the excuse to say, well, tomorrow. (laughs) I'll cut it all out tomorrow. Tomorrow doesn't work for me. Like tomorrow doesn't work for me. If I say, man, yeah, I'll change tomorrow. I'm just going to keep using that excuse forever. Well, tomorrow, well, tomorrow, well, tomorrow. If you want to make progress, if you want to move further down the road, then you have to be willing to get uncomfortable. You have to be willing to get uncomfortable. You have to be willing to discipline yourself. You have to, so for some of you, you know what that means? And this, it means this for me. You got to wake up early. No. <laughs> Stop drinking too much NyQuil. Maybe you could get up. <laughs> what do I mean when I say you need to get uncomfortable? There's a passage in Proverbs 6.23 that I think explains it perfectly. It says, my son, keep your father's commandments. Now, this is a father speaking to a son. Here's what he's saying. Remember the word of God. Remember the word of God and forsake not your mother's teaching. Verse 21, it says, bind them on your heart always. Tie it around your neck. Man, don't forget the word of the Lord. Every time you leave the house, remember, meditate on the word of the Lord. Verse 22, he says, when you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk to you. Verse 23, for the commandment, for the word of God is a lamp in the teaching, a light. And I love this, in the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. So there's two things that God is teaching us in this passage and two things that I don't want you to miss. Number one, hold on to the word of God and it will lead you through every area of life. Man, if you start getting into this book, if you start reading it, you start downloading it into your spirit, you start meditating on it, it says that it will guide you and lead you in every area of life. I have seen this happen in my own life. Where I've read the Bible and I'm not, I don't think that I comprehend it, I don't think that I remember it, and then a year down the road I'm in a situation and all of a sudden it starts just coming out. I'm like, where in the world did that come from? It's because it's in my heart. But it's saying in this passage, man, tie it around your neck. Read it, memorize it, meditate on it. See, one of the things that you notice in Scripture is every single time Jesus is tempted by Satan, he responds with the word of the Lord. He never responds out of his own opinion. He always says, well, my father says, 
when my father says this, when he goes into the desert for 40 days and the enemy tempts him day in and day out, he always quotes scripture. He always quotes the word of the Lord. Why does he do that? Because it's the only truth that he has. So let me ask you a question. When your back is up against the wall, what, are you, what truth are you using? Is it the word of God or is it your own opinion? Is it the word of God or is it your own opinion? Because the path forward is lit by the word of God, not your opinion. See, the path forward, what does it say in Psalms 119? It is lit by the word of God. If you want to move forward, you need a word from Jesus. See, if you're following your own door, your own path, you're in a dangerous place this morning. Because the truth is, maybe you're taking a turn, a right turn, when God's saying, no, I want you to take a left turn, but you never knew because you can't hear God. You don't have clarity. So that's the first thing, man, hold on to the word of God and it will guide you and lead you in every area of life. That's what we see in, in the first part of Proverbs is, man, keep your father's commandment or hold on to his word. Bind them around your heart, tie them around your neck. And then the second thing we see is verse 23, which to be honest with you, it's not a verse that we all like. It says, for the commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light. And then watch this, and the reproofs of discipline are the way forward in life. <laughs> So the second point is this, allow the word of God to discipline you. Not only memorize it, not only meditate on it, not only think about it, but allow those words to discipline you. And this is where we get uncomfortable. Not only do we memorize the word of God, not only do we meditate on it, but now we have to move to actually doing it. Now we have to get to the part where it says the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. And I don't want you to miss this. So here's what this verse is telling us. It's telling us that to truly move forward, light is not enough. That the word of God is not enough. We also need the Father's discipline. Why? Because without discipline, we never learn to walk right. Without discipline, we never learn to walk correctly. Without discipline, we never follow the path lit by the word. So let me, let me give you an example. I can express, I did it last night, I can express to my children all day, all night. When it's bedtime, don't get out of your bed. <laughs> and I can say this to them all the time. I can say, listen, here's dad's word. This is the word of your father. <laughs> Do not get out of your bed. Now, if it was just a spoken word, but there was never discipline, they would constantly get out of their bed. So if I just say, dad said, don't get out of the bed, what are they going to do? They're going to get out of their bed, Right? Dealt with it last night. So what needs to happen to my kids? My words must have some forward movement, mainly with my paddle on their butt. <laughs> right? See, if I just give them a word, but there's no discipline, they never learn. So here's what God's saying. You don't just need a word, you need to be disciplined by the word. It's the only way that you learn to walk in the right path. It's the only way that it happens. The only way that we learn is allowing the Father to discipline us. So here's what happens. You're going to read thing, things in the text. You're going to get in biblical Christian community, and people are going to tell you things. You're like, that's not for me. Why do you feel that way? Because you don't like being disciplined. I guarantee you the number one reason that people leave churches all the time is not because it was a negative, bad place, and that, sometimes that is the reason. But most of the times, it's when the Holy Spirit starts disciplining them, they leave because they get uncomfortable. Well, there's nobody going to tell me what to do. 
You know, when I signed up for Christianity, when I gave my life over to Jesus, my will was no longer my own. And I said, God, you shape me and you mold me and you do whatever you need to do with me. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't come kicking and screaming sometimes. But at the end of the day, we will never follow the word of God if we don't allow the word of God to discipline us. See, my kids will get out of bed all day unless they're disciplined. What keeps them in bed? If I get out of bed, dad is going to discipline me. So what ends up happening? It creates something in their heart that says, it is good for me to stay in bed. (laughs) It will go well with my soul and my father's soul if I stay in bed. (laughs) Right? If I stay in bed, then there is good for me. If I stay in bed, I don't get disciplined. So here's what this means, man. When we read the Bible, there's going to be passages that we read and we say, I don't like that. And you don't get the opinion to go, I don't like that part, so I'm not going to follow that part. We've got to go, I don't like that part. And the reason that I probably don't like it is because when I look at it, it's going to require change from me. And it's going to require me getting uncomfortable. And for me to bend to that piece of scripture is going to cause God to begin to scrape some things off of my heart. And I know it's going to be a season that sucks. It's going to hurt, and it's not going to feel good. But in the end, watch this in Hebrews twelve six, For the Lord disciplines those who he loves, and he punishes each one who he accepts as his child. It's a great verse, and it's a hard verse to accept sometimes. But the only reason that God disciplines us, and the only reason sometimes he allows us to walk through difficult moments is because he's just refining us. And you can't get confused. God disciplines you, it's not because he hates you. It's not because he is like pouring his wrath. Oh, that's, this is just wrath for all the horrible decisions that you've ever made. No, what, it, what, it, what he's doing is this. He's saying, I love you so much that I am willing to move you down the road. And the only way for you to get some forward movement, the only way for you to get some traction is for you to be disciplined, is for you to be wounded a little bit. It's for you to be hurt a little bit so that you can heal up from that and that you can learn, man, that was not the right way to do things. And I learned from my mistakes and I move on. So I want to close with this. Today we make a choice. Insane movement or forward movement? What kind of movement do we want? What kind of church will we be? Do we want to, do we want to be a church that just gets comfortable and just stays where we're at. We just, you know, we clap ourselves, we applaud ourselves. And man, we're a church in Crowley and we got 300 people. Great. Do we just applaud ourselves or do we continue to plow and do we continue to move forward? See, the moment that you get uncomfortable is the moment, and the moment that you get comfortable is the moment that you start to die. It happens in business and it happens in our life spiritually. It happens in church. The moment you just get comfortable with what is, is the moment you start losing momentum. It's the moment you start losing momentum. If you're in a race and you're running this race and you are like neck and neck with somebody else, do you just, you know what, I'm just going to take, I'm going to just slow the pace down a little bit. We can't do that. See, God wants to get you down the road and the only way to do that, listen, he's stirring some of you up and making you uncomfortable, not because he hates you, but because he loves you. And I am just absolutely convinced if we want to get to the next place of where God is calling us to be as a church, 
It's got to start in us personally. It's got to start in us saying, you know what, God? I want more than just the Sunday morning worship experience. I want more than just, you know, little token prayers. Like, I want to know you. I want to know you so well that when I pray that like you hear me and you speak to me. I want to know you so well that when I ask you questions, like I can hear when you respond. Man, it's insane to me that the God of the universe that plays stars and sky and planets and motions, that we can talk to him and we can actually hear him. Listen, I want you to understand you have the same access to this God It says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and I. The same, listen to this, the same access that Jesus had to the Father, we have it. We have it. It's time for us to tap into that. And the only way that we tap into that is start moving forward. So here's what God's calling some of us to do today. He's saying, listen, you can't stay where you're at anymore. You can choose to just live this menial Christian life and hopefully you get to heaven by the skin of your teeth or you can live a purposeful life where you're making forward traction and every single day you live a life of fulfillment, of purpose, of vision. And you feel like, man, I'm put on this earth and I'm making a difference. The life that God gave me, that he gave me, I get one. (laughs) I don't want to waste it. And every move, every step that you make, there's a purpose in it. Listen, the enemy will tell you all day that, man, you, you, you don't have a purpose. The reason that you can just stay where you're at is because you've screwed up your life so much. You know, God's never going to use you. The thing that I love about Jesus is he always takes the most unlikely candidates and says, oh, yeah? <laughs> Watch this. He takes 16-year-olds. How many of you have teenagers? How many of you could imagine your 16-year-old? Jesus saying, yeah, I'm going to change the world with him. You're like, no way. That dude is addicted to Xbox and he eats cheese sticks, you know? How are you going to change the world with this guy? That's the people that Jesus chose. Teenagers. He chose prostitutes. What does he do? He shows up to the woman at the well and he says... Essentially, hey, I'm here to use you today. And she's like, well, no, you can't. I'm a woman, first of all. Second of all, I'm a Samaritan, so I'm not a Jew. I'm half-breed. I'm mixed. You can't use me. And then he goes, well, I know you have five husbands, but I can still use you. So what does he say? He says, if you drink water from me today, you'll drink a water that you'll never be thirsty again. He says, go back to your city and tell everybody what I've done to you. See, I don't care where you're at today. Jesus can still use you. Don't allow the enemy to say, you can't make movement. You can't make forward traction because of who you are and what you've done. It's a lie. It's a lie. Because Jesus always, in his stories, he always takes the most unlikely candidate and he uses them. Me being one, if you'd believe it, years ago, um, I was terrified to speak publicly. Like, horrified. And thank God for a speech teacher in high school. I wrote a speech. I didn't know it was a competition. Well, I knew it was a competition, but I didn't know that I would have to, I end up winning, writing this speech and that winning. She's like, all right, great. Now you got to give it in front of the whole school. I was like, what? She made me deliver this message in front of six, 700 people, shaking and trembling. Remember when I first started, okay, I want to be a pastor, but I know that I've got to get over my fear of speaking. I was working for, with Pastor Jacob. 
at the time. And I remember he said, listen, I want to get you ready. He said, I got a Bible study that I want you to lead at Broussard Middle School. I'm like, great. I can lead a Bible study. Five, ten students. Awesome. So I prepare a little message. Show up to the gym. There's 500 students waiting in the gym. I'm like, this is not what I signed up for. He never told me. So if you want to make movement in your life, here's what you have to embrace. Sometimes God will just thrust you out there. And he says, ready or not, go. And that's the journey of my life. It was never like God just shaped me and he's like, okay, Zach is just perfectly ready. He's, he's ready now. He's overcome his fear of speaking. He's overcome his fear of being right. He's overcome. No, he, God just said, get out of here, go. One step at a time, ride the bike. Trust me, I'll follow through. Trust me, I'll follow through. That's how our path is this morning. The light only shines as we take steps forward, as we make this forward movement. We've got to learn to trust God. Listen, God's got big things for this church. I'm excited. I've never been more excited about what God's doing here in Crowley. I've never been more excited to see what he's doing in this church and with the people here. I'm just here to to challenge you today. I'm here to just pull you out of your comfort zone. God's been doing it for me and I've been able to just tap into a just completely different level of my relationship with Jesus. And I just want the same for you this morning. I want you to look at your life and go, what really matters? What really matters? And then I want you to make some decisions along the journey to say, you know what, if I'm gonna make some forward movement, these are the things that I've got to begin to leave behind. These are the things in the areas of my life that I've got to get uncomfortable in. How many of you, just show of hands, how many of you say, I want to make some forward movement? I want to make some movement. Everybody in this place wants their life to mean something. Everybody wants to gain traction. Everybody wants to move forward. Nobody wants to get uncomfortable, but God is calling us to do it today as a church. Imagine what the body of Christ would look like if it was just a bunch of people that didn't care about their own comforts and said, God, we're willing to move this mission forward. Reach people, build lives, seek people, come to know Jesus. Man, this church would be unstoppable. Unstoppable. But it's going to start with you. It's going to start with 